Welcome back to the Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball, and I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant. I'm joined today by Anthony Irwin. Anthony, how's it going? Doing good, doing good. We just uh, racked our brains to try to find something to talk about here. And, <laughs> and, Even uh, away we'll the pre-show magic, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, nobody can ever accuse me of being a good salesperson. We'll see where this show goes, is all I'm saying. I guess we're back to our tried and true practice of telling people not to listen when the show starts. <laughs> somehow set, gotten away from that in recent weeks, but set the bar. Well, yeah, because you sent me 37 emails. Like, dude, we actually like gotta <laughs> get them interested in the show. But uh, I mean, that's just like I've said. It's the entire secret sauce to my career has been setting expectations as low as possible and trying not to trip over the bar. Seem to have done fairly well so far. Tripped a few times, but we're doing Tripped right. a few times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're about two weeks away from the Lakers starting to play games in Orlando. Woo! And Avery Bradley is not there with them. Uh, this week, Rajon Rondo suffered a hand injury for what I believe is the 11th time in the last decade. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's an exaggeration. It's 11 times. Yeah, so I, he I will mean, be I, gone. that seems low, actually. <laughs> I really thought it had happened like at least four times in his Lakers tenure. I, that, that's probably an overstatement because he's only been here for two years. But I interestingly mean, enough, entire... one of those hand injuries was not when he cocked Chris Paul. So. <laughs> his entire playing style, like watching him play, is in and of itself like a hand injury. So, <laughs> but like I do, I, I have you ever like did you ever set some time aside to try to figure out why he gets so many hand injuries? Because I actually have a running theory here. I think it's because he's always like going for steals and he just gets his yeah. hand caught in people. Yeah. I mean like, look again, you know, jokes aside and all that stuff, but it sucks that he's hurt. Mm-hmm. It's just that we've watched him play defense now for the last two years and he doesn't, Have we? <laughs> he doesn't play defense. He just drives in. So the, 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 you know, comparison I always make it to is as a boxer who has like one swing left and Mm -hmm. you know if you're that boxer's opponent your job is just to like get out of that swings way and let them fall on their face and that's like Rajon Rondo's entire approach to playing defense is if he tries to just stay in front and contain he can't do that so try throwing a haymaker try doing something weird and sometimes you'll stumble into a knockout or a steal or whatever other times you will whiff hilariously and fall on your face. And when your hand is, when both your hands, especially his right hand is Mm -hmm. in such close proximity to players, their Jersey, you know, elbows, all that stuff. This is kind of what you sign up for. I feel like they have to have a rule for him in practice. Just like keep your hands behind your back on defense or something, (laughs) you know, like it's not going to be any worse. Rajan will, we can handle it. You know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not like we need practice playing against Rajon Rondo's defense. <laughs> <laughs> like if we want Alex Caruso to practice bringing the ball up against pressure, like you're not the guy we're going to put on him anyway. <laughs> it was Kobe, right? Who told Nick Young, you reach, I teach. Was that, is that how that went? Sounds right. But I can't remember specifically. Cause remember like uh, Nick Young was talking about how like, well, this is why I don't play defense. Right. That was his like, <laughs> <laughs> that was like his Instagram comment to himself or, or his caption. And I think yes. like the quote that was attributed to Kobe was like, yeah, Young was guarding Kobe. 
he got his hand stuck somewhere where it shouldn't have been. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Kobe said, you reach, I teach. I think young even, you know, said that's what Kobe's response was. But I, I feel like, like at some point, Rondo, you got to learn. <laughs> like <it's, laughs> You reach so much. And so, so many people have done so much teaching that at some point you actually got to like, you know, learn what the basketball gods are trying to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I feel for the guy because like, to have to go to Orlando, you know, subject yourself to all of these quarantine procedures, both before leaving and then once you get there and now you're finally, you know, free, you're preparing for the postseason. Like this is, Did this is Rondo's time of year, right? National TV Rondo, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now he has to have surgery, like in the middle of a national pandemic when you don't really want to be in a hospital right now. It's, yeah, I don't, I'm not positive he's going to have that surgery. Honestly, I mean, like, I think he will because he's an athlete and, and, and he wants to get back to his team and contribute mm-hmm. to a championship roster. But, but like, if it were me, I think I would just say, I'm sorry, guys, I, I don't want to open myself, literally open myself up or have, be my, mm-hmm. you know, be open to everything that all these, you know, and, and his options to get treatment, basically Florida or LA, neither of which are handling, uh, coronavirus particularly well obviously florida is just like an outright disaster but you mm-hmm. look at the numbers in la and 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 they don't particularly scream confidence to me either so like if i were rondo i would i i think i'd think long and hard about yeah man i don't <laughs> i don't know if it's worth it guys I, and and that sucks i mean that that's just another thing like this this is with rajon rondo having uh, an otherwise unnecessary procedure, right? And try and 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 really trying to get it done. Uh, mm-hmm. But there are a whole bunch of people who have their own health issues that have been reluctant to go to the doctor because you know of of of, of coronavirus and and this this kind of situation that's facing Rondo is by no means unique, and it's just yet another thing that we can attribute to how poorly we as a country have handled. The, the pandemic. Yeah. And I mean, you and I are obviously not the biggest fans of Rondo, the basketball player, but n- nobody should be subjected to this at this point. And Mm-mm. it just sucks. I mean, uh, I was just like starting to feel like slightly more fond about Rondo after that game he had against the Clippers right before the hiatus. And mm-hmm. here we are. Yep, here we are. Uh, I think he's going to have the surgery. I, I do think he's, he seems to like, he's generally a fast healer too. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, he must be he just has like a ton of practice coming back from these injuries. But <laughs> and it's not like he uses his shooting hand all that well anyway. What shooting hand? <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks are unaware that Rajon Rondo is a shooting hand. <laughs> all right, Rajon, are you right or left-handed? It, honestly, it doesn't matter, Doc. All right. Well, so down Bradley, down Rondo, uh, and the Lakers are also missing one more player in Orlando this week, and that would be Markeith Morris. And the more situation is a little interesting because uh, obviously at this time and really any time, like health, people have privacy regarding their health issues. And mm-hmm. we know that players have been testing positive and teams have not been releasing the reports of who tested positive because that's if, uh... within their discretion. Exactly. Um, but when every single NBA player on 22 teams is in one strained environment, like, you kind of figure out who's there and who's not. And if you're acknowledging the absence of some people and not others, start to put two and two together. Um, 
it's especially strange for Markeith because his brother is also not in Orlando and it'd be funny if one of them was and like everyone was like I, I don't I actually know which one it is like was he wearing Clippers gear or Lakers gear like was he standing next to Kawhi or LeBron <laughs> like, um but yeah if it's like yeah, that's I wonder just if it's another... like a CBA rule that if one Morris brother is hurt the other one has to sit out <laughs> I mean at least they're not like splitting the same contract anymore uh, they, they seem to have a good relationship it's good for them uh, yeah. but yeah neither of the twins are in Orlando and as I, I don't really want to get in the whole situation of like why I don't think they're there because it just seems a little fruitless at this point to speculate but that's just another role player that the Lakers are missing and Morris hasn't been on the team for very long um, his numbers don't exactly scream useful yet but I do think that there is a place for him as mm-hmm. this small ball five, you know, just physical body to place next to LeBron James and Anthony Davis that the Lakers don't really have otherwise. And I mean, that's just another player the Lakers have lost. And however much you like the team's depth and however good LeBron and Anthony Davis are as an individual duo, there's only so much you can take, right? In terms of personnel losses. I mean, at some point, you just start running out of actual bodies, mm-hmm. right? Like, you, you, you start running out of people to actually fill uh, the, what is it, 240 minutes, I think is the... That's right. How, uh, so, how much is it? 240, you're right. I think, yeah. I'm, t- I'm an yeah. English major. I was awful at math. Um, and, but, like, you, at some point, you just, like, there are, you start running out of people to actually fill up those minutes. And, like you mentioned... You look at the teams that the Lakers are going to be going against or the teams that are really on the Lakers' radar, and it's the Clippers and the Bucks. And Mm -hmm. both of those teams have the kinds of players that before Morris showed up, the Lakers really had no – like Danny Green was okay against Kawhi, but like poor KCP was just like, you know, actual barbecue chicken out there. Yep. Uh, And, and, you know, they just don't have very many options outside of, you know, LeBron – or AD to guard big physical wings. And <laughs> it just so happens that the Clippers and the Bucks have two of the biggest and most physical wings that the game has ever seen, really. Yeah. Not just in the league, but... but like, <laughs> that, that Especially we, the Clippers. Yeah. Like, we just... we Well, and, and the other guy is seven feet tall. <laughs> so, yeah. so like, yeah, there just, just aren't, aren't many, very many options for the Lakers at that position. And while you, like you said, you know, the, the numbers with Morris haven't exactly spoken to somebody that the Lakers couldn't live without at some point you take enough hits, you take enough body shots to bring back the, the boxing analogy and the, the legs get a little weaker, your hands start to drop a little bit and eventually you just get knocked out. And I feel like with all of these, you know, absences uh, and, and, you know, to, you know, to be completely fair, to uh, Markeith, he is reportedly expected back with the Lakers, you know, quote unquote, soon. So, whenever that might mean or whatever. But and and while I don't want to speculate on what it might be that he has, but you know, if things are pointing in that direction and it is COVID, there there's an, I I believe it's the guy Von Miller for the Broncos who said yeah. that like he's still having breathing issues you know, Mm -hmm. months after coming or, you know, testing positive for COVID. So, and, and even if it isn't COVID related, if it's any kind of injury, especially given how little time Morris 
had with the Lakers in the first place. You needed every single one of the scrimmages. You needed every single minute of practice, all eight of these uh, seeding games to be able to get his feet wet. And missing any of that time for somebody who could serve a, 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 a adequately um, adequately important role for the Lakers, like that's that's not not ideal. Uh, and and you know, I, I my question to you is like, at what point are you worried already, or or at what point would you really start to get worried? I don't think I'm worried yet, just because the team expects him back. Um, but like you said. This isn't like Rondo, you know, missing the scrimmages and the seeding games. This is a guy who played, what, maybe eight games for the Lakers before the hiatus. Uh, Lord knows how many practices they actually had during that stretch because veteran NBA teams just don't practice. So he needs every bit of time he can get, not just to learn the Lakers playbook, but just to develop some sort of familiarity with these guys, right? Um, We talk all the time about how great the Lakers chemistry is that, Morris isn't a part of that yet. And I think that's one of their advantages going in is just like how tight knit the team seems to be, but he needs to get on the same page as everybody else. He can't do that if he's not in Orlando. Um, I will see. So the Lakers have 12 guys left after those three are on. I'm not counting the two ways. Cause honestly, I don't even know why they're there other than mm. just blatant tampering for Costas. But <laughs> um, let's see, you've got but Kuzma as your, other potential small ball guy. I don't love the idea of playing Jared Dudley in any meaningful situations. So, I mean, I don't want to go into a series against the Clippers thinking that LeBron is the only guy who can meaningfully guard Kawhi Leonard because that's too much responsibility to place on him, especially when you don't have another point guard to meet, like reliably generate any offense. Uh, you know, that's kind of where Rondo comes in, but it's just a defect of the roster. Maybe Deion Waiters will solve some of those issues, but I, again, I don't want to be relying on Deion Waiters at this point. So just having someone of that size, that build, it's really important to this Lakers roster. And Marquise Morris is obviously not the best player, you know, with those attributes in the league. That's why the Lakers went after his brother first. That's why the Clippers acquired his brother. Uh, so like, there's a reason he was available, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't love it. I, I really don't. And I think that um, there's going to be a time when the Lakers need to play small with Anthony Davis at the five. And they just, they're a little too slight on the perimeter without guys like Mark Heath in the lineup. I agree completely. I, I, I agree with, with all that you said there. Um, and, and look, like the thing about role players is they, they aren't the kind of guys that like going into a series, you're going to say like that guy right there is why the Lakers are going to beat the Clippers. Right. Or, mm-hmm. or that guy right there is why the Bucks are going to beat the, uh, the Clippers or the Lakers role players like that. Like their job is to fill their role to the best of their ability as consistently as possible. And then allow for the superstars to really carry the weight. But as that is the case, you 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 need as many of those role players as possible just from a simple math perspective of like exactly. the more chances you have at those role players fulfilling those roles the 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 more likely it is that somebody finds a way to do it and with the lakers missing out now on Avery Bradley, Rajon Rondo and like the, the between those two guys now Rondo was getting too many minutes in my opinion but but mm-hmm. that's like like 38ish minutes a game 
Uh, yeah, a, it's a significant chunk. Yeah, between those guys and 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 Morris, uh, you know, was was, was probably going to average about maybe ten or so. So mm-hmm. you're trying to find a place to to set, you know, to dole out fifty ish minutes. And if you're trying to do that now, yeah, LeBron's going to play more. Anthony Davis is going to play more. And maybe the Lakers are better by having Caruso and KCP play more. But what if they aren't? You know, what if it turns out that, that the Lakers were right to have Alex Caruso at, you know, the, the, the minute allotment, I think it's like 21 minutes a game or something like oh, that. Oh, it's even less than that. He's like 18. Yeah. So what, what if, what if it turns out that the Lakers were smart to, to, to squeeze out everything from those 18 minutes a game from Caruso and bumping him up, you start to see uh, diminishing returns from that. Same thing with KCP and, and now you're looking at like, all right, I guess it's it's Deion Waiters' time, or all right, I guess we got to see what J.R. Smith can do. And mm-hmm. that's that's where you know, while it isn't about particularly missing any of Avery Bradley, Rajon Rondo, or Markeith Morris individually, collectively, you're, you're going to start to see these hits. And and while other teams are going to see those hits as well, right? Like Landry Shamit, I I I believe came uh, tested positive with COVID. Mm-hmm. So it might take him some time to, to get out there. And, and uh, he's an important part of what the Clippers were trying to do. Uh, you know, we'll see what kind of injuries that, that get tallied up over the course of these games because of the kind of conditioning and really weird season that everybody faces. So it's not like the Lakers are going to be completely unique in all this. It's just given how weird this situation is, you wanted to go into it as healthy as possible as, as, as full as possible and the Lakers just aren't right and I think the Lakers are different than those other contenders because they entered in with a deficit of Avery Bradley right like even if they come fully whole like you know Rondo comes back by the second round of the playoffs and Markeith ends up being healthy and plays you know like those 12 minutes that they slotted him in for when they acquired him in March like that's still that 25 minute haul of Avery Bradley and We've been talking about how Danny Green could theoretically see his minutes go up. Danny Green's not exactly a young spring chicken anymore. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of, uh, he's what, early thirties. Um, he's been in the league for over 10 years. Uh, even in Toronto last season during the playoffs, like they didn't exactly have him playing 30 plus minutes a game. I don't, I, don't, I know that like played 30 minutes a game. I mean, he, I think he did when he was younger in San Antonio, but like that's one thing to do when you're like 26 years old. It's quite another thing to do when you're 33 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like we expect LeBron to just play more minutes, and we expect Anthony Davis to just play more minutes, and maybe those are reasonable assumptions to have. But the majority of players, like they calibrate themselves to a certain role throughout the season, and maybe they can fluctuate a little bit from there. But like you said, we're we're missing like 50 some minutes already, and who's to say that? This isn't just the beginning, right? Right. Well, and, and even those guys who are good at recalibrating their minutes before the playoffs start, you can't really do that in a, in a season where you missed four months. You, yeah. you can't like, you can't, you can't like, there is no momentum to build on here. So you can understand like where you can squeeze out some rest on the court here to be able to play an extra minute there. And, mm-hmm. and here's how you can, you know, take a break here and, and how to switch and all these things that might allow you to stretch out your minutes or even over the course of the season. Like we always hear about like most famously Rashid Wallace said he would play himself in a shape. Right. And it's just, it's hard to do that when 
it's such a weird season when there's a four month break here. I, I don't, I don't know how those guys who, who usually approach the season that way are going to handle this, this bubble tournament. I, I don't know how that's going to work. It's funny when you say play into shape, like my immediate thought is always track. Have we like refused <laughs> yeah. to get any procedures done off of company time? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Just work his way in. Uh, I didn't remember that Rashid Wallace also said that, but that, that feels like Rashid Wallace's character. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Even if he didn't say it, he's like, you know what? That was probably a good idea. It's like a couple weeks ago. You should go back and do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sheed. Seems like a nice guy, though. Did I ever tell you I met him once at a Duke Carolina game, and he refused to take a picture with me because I was wearing a Duke shirt? That's what you get. (laughs) I appreciate his principles. I do. (laughs) I respect (laughs) it. As a a Tar Heel fan, you know what? Go go, go Sheed. He's very nice to me, but just said he would not take a picture. (laughs) <laughs> that's as sheet as it gets right there <laughs> he's just like as polite as possible because i have heard that he's like one of the more affable guys in the league even though he had that reputation for being you know mr technical mm-hmm. um that he was just like always super nice and i could just see him being really really nice and super polite but also tell you like no nah, not with that shirt no that shirt <laughs> Uh, Lakers start scrimmage games, I guess, next week. Anything in particular you're looking for, like what you want to see out of them other than just knock on wood, health? Uh, well, I mean, we need to see what the Lakers might be able to get out of Deion Waiters, right, mm-hmm. and, and J.R. Smith. And I think what has become – it was always really important to Lakers fans to find out what Caruso was, able, was going to be able to do if he ever got a larger role. Uh, it would be the most Lakers thing ever, by the way, to to see Caruso's minutes actually just stay the same. All right, just give it all to Dion and Jr. Yeah, like I'm I'm already preparing myself to be completely honest. But uh, but you know, I I think Caruso went from a cult favorite and somebody who like you know who people actually pay attention to games understood was actually really good, but now he's going to become like we're going to find out is he actually legit? Like his national fans are going to find out, is he as good as Lakers fans swear he is or the bleacher report swears that he is with how often they tweet about him. You know, is, is he more than a meme in a way that Lakers fans just swear up and down that he is? Uh, That's, that's honestly to me, one of, because of the stakes that the Lakers are playing with, that's one of the most interesting stories in the league. Right. It's one thing to perform in the regular season. It's, it's quite another to do in the playoffs. And Caruso hasn't had the opportunity, obviously, to do that. Uh, I think like the closest thing we've seen him to, in a postseason was what, Summer League 2017, like, <laughs> which, to be fair, they won. Um, yeah. But uh, it's, it's a slightly different stage, you know, <laughs> even if people say that this sort of feels like a, just Summer League in Orlando. Well, technically, he played in front of more fans there than he will in Orlando. He did play in front of more fans. So, I mean, this is basically a step down for him when you really think this, about it. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I don't know why I would ever doubt our Lord and Savior, Alex Caruso, and just speak ill reverence towards him. <laughs> <laughs> Especially though, I think he's bald now, right? Like, I think he shaved his head. Yep, fully bald. Like, that was, that was the, the, the next step in his game, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Floaters, be damned, mid-range jumpers, and being able to attack a pick and roll, whatever. But now that peach fuzz on top of his head is gone, like 
I don't know what other teams in the league are going to do. I do really feel for the guy. It's, it's not a great hairline. It's really not. <laughs> I, this, is, uh, this is legitimately one of my fears. I can't lie. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> like, like if I ever look like Caruso, I don't, I don't know, like with his hair. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, like I don't, I don't see the Laker or the, the the NBA breaking down my door to test me for for PEDs anytime soon. <laughs> so, like in that in that regard, Caruso has me pretty squarely. Uh, but but if if I ever you know if if you ever see me and my hair is that thin up top, you know that's where you just got to be a friend and say it's time Anthony, to shave. You got to let it go. Yeah, yeah, it's time you got to let it go. It's not. Yeah, I, I had a very similar conversation with my brother a few years back. Um, he's <laughs> You know, thankfully he gave in, so we're good. I think you can is only the, really is like he the super brother. Like that was a super brother, right? The super brother. Yeah, the one that was like walking super early and doing all these things, and oh yes, my super brother. That's right. <laughs> so that had to feel good. That's his defect, right? It's for tonight. He's growing hair. <laughs> God doesn't give with two hands. You know, <laughs> you can walk or you can have all your hair. One or the other. Yeah, apparently the only way you can get away with that kind of hairline is if you're a Los Angeles Laker. So <laughs> 15 guys are capable of it. <laughs> All right. I think, uh, I think we've gone sufficiently off the rails here, so it's probably time to call it. Anything else you wanted to add, Anthony? Uh, well, all right. To be completely serious, like, like there was, this was a bit of a topic, or, or to be a bit more serious, this, was a, this has become a talking point or a topic that like, I think it's kind of hard to – to not kind of bring up, but mm-hmm. like with, with Wayne Wade shouting out Nick right. Cannon and, and all of that, like where I kind of stand, like I, I am neither Jewish nor black. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have a group of people that are crying out that they have been, uh, you know, the, the prejudice has been enacted upon them like my my job there is to listen you know right. that's that, that's that's basically all all that is asked of the people who are not being directly affected there is to listen and to think critically about it and to support if they can mm-hmm. and you know i it's it's been really disappointing to see people who you know Stephen Jackson was r- really good in in supporting George Floyd and his family Dwayne Wade uh with his uh I believe daughter, right? So, uh, yeah, with, his with, trans daughter, yeah, yeah. So with, with his daughter and 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 educating himself on the LGBTQ community, uh, it's you know to watch that transformation and that evolution has been really inspiring, quite frankly. Because I, you know, I, I my youngest brother or my, my younger brother, um, my middle brother, is gay, and you know, for me, growing up in a very conservative neighborhood as an athlete and stuff like I you know I, I'm, I'm not going to claim to be the most open-minded person like over the entirety of my life but all I did there was listen to him right and then listen to others like him and and to, to watch what's been going on here where not only was it that like initially I was hoping that some professional athletes of non-Jewish descent would stand up and say guys what are we doing here? Right. You know, like it, it to, to not only to not have people say anything to now go so far as to echo those sentiments in any way, shape or form, apologies be damned. Like 
it's been so demoralizing because you know now it's like all right so so the only things that Steven Jackson and Dwayne Wade will stand for are the things that or the are are, are the societal issues that directly affect them mm-hmm. and i just don't think as a society that's how we'll ever make progress there's that's no way that we're ever going to progress here and and like I, from where i'm standing it's just like enough guys either like actually take time to educate yourself and who knows like who's reaching out to so-and-so behind the scenes to say, Hey guys, like cooler, whatever. But at some point, at some point, this paternity uh, or fraternity of, of, of athletes that needs to be thrown away in support of another group of people that has been so just so, so ravished thoroughly in history that like if anything, the black community and the Jewish community, and even like I, I see it with my with my Hispanic community, like w- we need to stand together, not not try to create rifts, because that's how that's how the majority continues to be able to hold various communities down. So I I just I, right. I feel like it has to be freaking addressed because it's been so tough to watch. Yeah, and I don't expect anyone to understand like the plight of another community that they don't specifically belong to, like. I, right. It would be unreasonable for Stephen Jackson to have the same level of understanding of what Jewish people have gone through historically that he does for his black community. And uh, same with Dwayne Wade, like the amount of learning he's had to do about the LGBT community because of his family. Like it's not everybody can know everything about everyone, right? Like it's, right. it's not unreasonable to have your lanes of focus, but <laughs> it's, it's very easy to just not say anything. <laughs> like, you don't have to enter in every discussion. Um, and like you said, it would be better, obviously, if non-Jewish people would come out and support the Jewish community and, you know, reject the statements that have been propagated by Deshaun Jackson and Nick Cannon. And, uh, I, th- I think that's it. I hope that's it. But there are probably others. Uh, but in the event that they're incapable of doing that, like just staying out of it is an option. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, it's just really sad because like, even if you don't know the specifics of what another marginalized community has been through, like the fact that you're a minority, the fact that you have experienced some sort of historical oppression should just engender some sort of empathy, right? Like I am not black, I am not Jewish, but I, I can't pretend to like not know what it feels like to be a minority. And like that experience is universal. So I just wish that they were able to draw upon that, you know, instead of pitting people against one another, because that's, that's the whole problem, right? Yeah, I mean, division is the whole problem. In some cases, I would rather have apathy than you know. I, I would ideally we would have empathy for everybody, right? But but I'd even take apathy over Wade. It wasn't even like Wade like was replying to Cannon, or you know, like took a picture or posted a picture of him and and Cannon together and and was saying you know like. I hope you get support. And he was, he went out of his way to feature himself in the story. And then after the fact game, like gave the lamest apology of all time in which so stupid in which he didn't even like, you know, he said, I don't condone, you know, he did. I don't think he said anti anti-Semitism. Like I, yeah, I don't think he ever used that word. It was just like, I, I was sending support for everything Canon has somehow done to this point. Like, okay, you you just happen to be doing that right now. This is the right time for this that. This is what you're doing, you know? 
uh, I, it was just, it was just the, the whole situation has been so tough to watch because like, I, I, I for me personally, I, I saw a lot of people saying that like this kind of brings down the black lives matter movement. I I'm not mm-hmm. going to, I'm not willing to go that far because I'm willing to separate a few voices from the movement itself. Right. Right. To me, the, the movement itself is a lot more important than no, no matter how large a platform those those people who are saying this stupid stuff, right, this bigoted stuff is saying, like, there are more people who are holding up Black Lives Matters as as a societal issue as as and trying to make progress with it than those people who are saying this stuff. So, I, you know, I, I, I'm not willing to say that like this might diminish Black Lives Matter. If it does diminish it to people, I think it's going to do that with people who are looking to diminish it in the first place, mm-hmm. right? Who are looking for any excuse to say like, see, see, we're, we're going to, we need to give, offer up more support to, to, to African Americans and, and look what they're willing to do to another uh, marginalized community. Like I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not ever going to go that far, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I also, <laughs> would maybe advise against offering up that ammunition to the people who are looking for it. And then, and then just more, most importantly, just like, just don't be a dick, you know, like, just don't, don't, don't do this stuff. Don't say this stuff. Nick Cannon got fired for a reason. You know, we, we, we like mm-hmm. to wax poetic about like the dangers of canceled, uh, col- the, the cancel culture. And it's like, Generally speaking, the people who have actually been canceled, and there are not very many of them, mm-hmm. probably deserved it. In this case, Nick Cannon deserved it. He said a bunch of really hateful stuff, you know, and and I don't think this is one of those spots where you stick up against cancel culture because of what it was got this person canceled in the first, quote unquote, canceled in the first place. I And I'm not even positive that, that Nick Cannon is actually going to get canceled. He's on like 73 different... He's all over the place. Like, it's the, yeah, he's on 73 yeah. different talent shows and stuff. Like, I, I think it's literally impossible to cancel him. So yeah, let's, I, let's, let's actually care more about the, the marginalized community than, than the, the, the possibility that this person might lose out on one of their jobs. Yeah, I, I do think it's disappointing that um, the NBA has been so silent on these anti-Semitic comments just in general. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like, Nick Cannon has been involved in several NBA events. I seem to remember him as like a, like a feature at all-star weekend a few times, but like no, no public comments. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I get that like Dwayne Wade and Steven Jackson are technically associated with the league any longer, but you can bet that like when Steven Jackson was a powerful voice in favor of racial equality, like in Minnesota, the league trumpeted him and championed him. Right. And yeah to just completely turn the other cheek when he's, you know, espousing hateful views or at least like parroting hateful views. That's, that's not ideal. And you you can't just claim to be like, we, we give the NBA, I don't know if we give the NBA pass, but like we try to give the NBA pass for their dealings in China because, you know, they're an American based company and like, it's, you got to just keep things within your own house in order at first, but there are Jewish people in America, right? Like this is in our own house. This is, not some issue that we can just say doesn't affect Americans. Anti-Semitism absolutely affects Americans. So it's, it sucks. It just really sucks to see this kind of rhetoric being espoused and to like not see anybody come to the defense of the Jewish community. It's really painful to watch, especially after I thought we were like making progress towards achieving some sort of empathy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. 
well, you know, just try to be nice to people and have it in your heart to walk in other people's shoes and, you know, you never know what anybody else has gone through. So, Right. Well, in this case, we kind of do know what, what, yeah, we kind of do know. That's right. <laughs> like in this case, it, I, 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 I'm sorry. There were, there were some, some defenses of, of this was like, oh, well, like maybe he didn't quite know. And like, maybe people aren't quite educated. If oh you weren't educated. Everybody knows about the Holocaust. Yeah. If you weren't educated on the Holocaust then like that says a lot about your schooling. Like, it's a lot about you, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I, I missed that chapter. We spent like an entire effing month on it, it like at various stages of our schooling and our education yeah. to this point. But like, I just like happened to miss that multiple times. I, I just, I, I just don't think there is an excuse for this. It's just, it was, a, it was, it was incredibly poor judgment. Then I don't know if I'm ever really going to be able to see Dwayne Wade the same or Steven Jackson. Yeah. Or just and it's a that. shame because uh, I, even if it doesn't, diminish the movement the black lives matter movement itself it does diminish the advocacy that the two of them have been a part of which i was i was really proud of before this Mm -hmm. so that's too bad just you know don't tweet it's like (laughs) it's really simple like just don't tweet (laughs) i realize you're the wrong person to be giving this advice anthony but just don't tweet (laughs) you know i can't lie it was kind of nice to like to not be allowed to tweet there for those couple hours Ah yes, the verified uh, blackout. It was. It was Good just. It was, it was actually. I. It was more refreshing than I thought it was going to be. I don't know. Something to think about going forward, Anthony. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, thank you all for listening to our show today. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have a nice week. Yeah.